Well, great to see you today. Jesus is alive. <clears throat> and that changes everything. So just want to say uh, thank you for being here and uh, welcome to our Destiny family online. Welcome to our Destiny table, New York. After um, being with us in-house last week, uh, back at home now, but I'm um, sure thankful for all that the Lord is doing. And we want to just be sensitive to him in the way even we um, gather like this in worship and then just share in his word. And I, I, I do just want to initiate the morning by saying God really is at work in ways that um, none of us can comprehend, um, you know, beyond our wildest imagination. And it's just kind of the nature of this risen king who was dead but now is alive forevermore. It's just amazing. It's easy to grow numb and insensitive to the reality of Christ. Uh, and the power of God that he desires to demonstrate within us. And also just practical things that are taking place. You probably don't realize um, this last week we hosted a back-to-school event for foster families. And we had hundreds of people uh, on our campus. And we were just able to uh, cooperate with a community effort that was spearheaded by First Lady uh, Sarah Stitt. And it was tremendous. Just a great evening. Um, in the course of the summer, we do uh, a program as a church family to work with families that um, in the school year will have free and reduced lunch many times. And then in the summertime, um, that, if that's not available, that can really create a hardship uh, with families. And so we have this lunch program we've been providing for families over the course of the summer. And today, a back-to-school focused party for them. Um, and so I'm just so thankful to be a part of a church family that really does work together to make a difference in the world around us. Not just in the world around us, but also within our own hearts and lives. And so I, I thought I'd just share with you, it's been, I don't know, sometime last year, I was standing in the lobby on a Wednesday night before community groups were starting, kids ministry, youth ministry. And uh, as I looked out the window, there was a, a, a siren and a police light. And uh, driving into the parking lot, I started looking over to see. Uh, I only know one other person who was pulled over in our church parking lot by the police. And that was actually me. So I was glad to know that I'm not the only one that this has happened to. Um, and, of course, people made a lot of that particular event in my own life. And so I thought I'd just make something of that event in Seth's life because it was Seth. Uh, <laughs> And so I watched as the police, you know, went up and talked to him. And then, uh, then Seth came in and I was like, hey, what's up? <laughs> and I said, did they, you know, got you a ticket? He said, no, they didn't even, uh, he just told me I had a taillight out or something like that. Um, and said, didn't even <clears throat> ask for my license, thankfully. And I said, well, what does that mean? He, and he shared, uh, got real vulnerable. And I've asked permission to share. And, and you've heard his story before. But Seth and Annie have a pretty broken past. And um, I just say that their story is one of those stories that expresses the power of Jesus in our modern day time. Uh, it really is a wonderful story. And so uh, Seth has been in prison. And when you come out of prison, I didn't realize this, but you no longer have a driver's license. 
And then it's like this whole process of getting your driver's license back. It's very expensive. It's not just like a couple of hundred bucks. Like it's an expensive, elaborate process. And so you come out of prison and then you've got to try and get a job, but you don't have a car. And then you've got to go through this process. I mean, how many of you know the system is broken and the church needs to be the church in the midst of society of people that want to really make a change? And so it was really a, a great conversation. We just began to have that conversation. And he said, I'm glad they didn't ask for my license because I don't have it. So he's been driving without his license. Shame on you. Uh, <clears throat> but praise God he didn't get caught, you know. <laughs> There's a real inner conflict with this whole conversation, isn't there? Uh, but, I mean, it was just wild because we started talking about it. And I thought, man, how difficult it is just to step back up. And I said, you know what, your church family loves you, we support you, we stand with you, and we're going to walk you through this process. And we surrounded them as a couple and uh, have walked them through the process to go through the testing and the, the financial strain of the whole thing to, to make it all happen. Uh, and, and then we were kind of talking this week, and, and, and they sent me this picture I want to show you because like you're, we're talking about these guys both know what it is to be uh, strung out and addicted to meth. Do you understand meth is Satan incarnate? This is... Uh, I talked to a police officer this last week, and he said, when a person takes meth, they lose their soul. Yeah. I mean, it was really intense as he was talking about uh, what's going on even locally, some things that they're dealing with. And I, and I just, it, this is the guy that comes on Wednesday night to just provide a, additional security on our campus, and he and I were having a conversation. I said, hey, I just want you to know, we're doing our part in this community. We want people to know that there is a hope beyond drugs or any kind of addiction. His name is Jesus, and he does transform lives. And today, come on, we're celebrating that reality. So I want you just to get the picture of uh, the before and after of Seth and Annie Sturkel. Both uh, knew what it was to be homeless on meth. Look at Seth on the left and Seth on the right. I just got to say, Seth, you were eating good after that. Thank God. <laughs> Looking healthy. And so and we just celebrate so much. And uh, the next one, we, this was a picture we caught actually over here where he was worshiping. He didn't realize that uh, our, one of our photographers took a picture. He's, I mean, look at the hands lifted high, heart open wide. God do a work. And then, you know, they've been baptized, and then here's where we uh, dedicated their, their children and, and just stood with them as a family together. Beautiful, wonderful things taking place. Um, I, you know, honestly, I, I love the way Annie put it. She shared this with me a while back, and she said, I'm still a mess. <laughs> How many of you know... Uh, it's not like you make a decision and then it's all over. Like Then it kind of begins in a whole new realm. And then you've got to walk that out. And that's why the spirit of community is such an important part of this together as a family. She said, I'm still a mess. And I still have a lot of pain from things that happened in my childhood. But I know God is going to heal me completely. Seth and I are working to break every generational curse off of our family. And I know that... Uh, I know that we now don't have to do it alone. We have a family at Destiny. And I am so thankful to be part of a family. <clears throat> I just felt it was important this morning to celebrate a family that is so loving, serving, and giving as we pursue and explore the sacrificial nature of Christ and then uh, here is the grand conclusion of this whole conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, he got his license. <laughs> Wonderful. Praise God. What does God want to do in your life?
How many of you know um, addictions come in many forms? Bondages come in many forms. And the Lord is constantly trying to take us out of places of bondage. And I, I want us to talk about that today. Uh, I'm, I'm learning in this season of the church not to get wrapped up in, you know, the work I've done to prepare a message. Because how many of you know a message is not the Savior Jesus is? And what, I'm, what, what I realize is, you know, this First John chapter 2 verse that kind of haunts people like me that stand on a platform to preach his word, uh, you don't need a man to teach you. You need the anointing to teach you. Like, you don't need a man to teach you. You need to understand that. You don't really need what I have to say. The best wisdom I might have to offer is nothing that will really transform your life. But now, if you encounter God, the anointing will teach you. That's why the Bible says you'll all be taught by God. And I love it, Isaiah 54, all your children will be taught by God. So there's an anointing that we all carry. Um, I don't know if you realize, but... <clears throat> Every person under the sound of my voice is wildly gifted and anointed by God. Like you carry enough of the power of God within you to transform an entire nation. That's a, that's a pretty wild thought. It's a grand statement. But the reality is until we get our mind in alignment with our assignment, <laughs> then we're just always going to live for less Pursuing and exploring all kinds of trees and forbidden fruit, if you will. You know, whatever it is. I mean, anything we're chasing after just is never going to fulfill what God placed within our hearts to be fulfilled. And so I want us to see this today. And I want you to think of it in these terms. And, and I just felt like the Lord was really stirring some things yesterday and today that I want to just lay a little bit of groundwork conversationally with him in preparation as we prepare our hearts. Are you hungry for what the Lord wants to say to you today? And so, um, you know, the Bible says this interesting verse, the voice of the Lord causes the deer to give birth. Isn't that a crazy thought? What is it that causes a deer to give birth? The voice of the Lord causes a deer to give birth. And I've just been reflecting on that and thinking about that, and I began to realize within all creation, you and me and all creation, deer Within all creation, seed-bearing plants, within all creation, God deposited this, it, this capacity. It's actually an eternal capacity. But there's this capacity and this potential that exists within all creation. And when, when creation is under the sound of God's voice, then that potential begins to be awakened and released in an entirely different dimension than our natural minds can comprehend. The voice of the Lord causes the deer to give birth. You have, from the beginning of the world, if you weren't here last week, you, you need to, to go back and listen to it because it's just so uh, the reality that before he formed us in the womb, he knew us, which means we existed before we existed, so we were fixed before we were broken because he was slain from the foundation of the world. Uh, he's the great I am, so wherever he is, you know, he's not limited by time like you and I are. You and I shouldn't pray to a God as if he's as clueless about tomorrow as we are. Like, he's got this thing figured out, right? And so understanding the eternal nature of God changes everything about our perspective. And then getting under the sound of his voice begins to awaken this potential within us, causing us to live from an entirely different frame of mind and perspective and reference. You, there's more in you than you realize, 
And, and my voice doesn't have the ability to bring it out of you. But if we get together under the anointing, our worship is just, it's just nice singing if we're not really experiencing the anointing and encountering God. We've been coaching for a while to try and get people, don't show up to hear a speaker. Let's show up to encounter the Savior. We need to get under the sound of the voice of eternal God that awakens something within us as we begin to walk this out. This is why when Egypt was in, uh, when Israel was in bondage in Egypt, God didn't send an established movement. He sent a broken man. Because people in bondage needed a word from God. They needed to hear the sound of the voice of God to activate the potential that existed within them, and they were actually sons and daughters, but living like slaves. I'm probably speaking to some people right now that are actually sons and daughters that have been living like slaves. But the sound of the voice of the Lord can begin to activate that potential and release something within us, causing us to live from an entirely different dimension. <laughs> like, it's crazy. What, it, what does it mean to live by the Spirit and to live our lives in a way that we're constantly under the sound of the voice of God, having this eternal potential and capacity awakened within us, causing us to live from an entirely different disposition? So I love it. God didn't send, did you catch it? God didn't send an established movement. He sent a broken man. How many of you feel a little bit broken? Can I just see? How many of you feel that your brokenness could easily cause you to feel disqualified, yet what we see in Scripture is actually brokenness is what takes you to the place of being qualified to spill out the anointing from your broken available life? It's a beautiful thing. God did not give Moses fluency of speech. He left him in a place of having to lean on God. Think about that for a moment. You're trying to disqualify your ability to do what God's asked you to do because you don't have this ability presently in front of you, but actually God's not wanting to change your abilities. He's wanting to change something on the inside of you where you get under the sound of the voice of God. You're no longer leaning and relying on yourself. Then you're actually having to lean on God. If I could just get it all together, I could be used by God. No, if you could get it all together, you'd confuse the rest of us. The best person to be used by God is the person who doesn't have it all together and they're willing to admit they don't have it all together. That way the rest of us aren't confused. God did not, I want to say it again, God did not give Moses fluency of speech. He left him in a place of having to lean on God. You'll never be a great example until you stop trying to be a perfect one. It was the pursuit of perfection that was the original fall of humanity. Be reminded. Jonah, the sound of the, of the word of the Lord being born out of Jonah's heart, is what Nineveh needed. The sound of the word of the Lord being born out of Moses' heart is what Israel needed. And, and by the way, again, brokenness. Man, I'm just so glad Jonah had it all together. I'm glad he never made any mistakes. I'm glad he could be used mightily by God. Anybody know the story of Jonah? Like God says to Jonah, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. They're being disobedient. And what does Jonah do? He is disobedient. He says, I'm not going there. I'm going to go here. So then he has to be you know, off the boat, in the whale, out the front of the whale, thankfully. <laughs> the Lord could do anything. And then he's like, okay, all right, okay, I get it. I'll go. Isn't it crazy that in a place of disobedience, he never lost his call? And then he was only further established to go, and 
call out others in a place of disobedience? I mean, can I just encourage you to know you don't have to have it all together? It's wild. And then the voice of the Lord began to activate the potential. And do you understand, when the man of God got into alignment with his assignment, the capital city of paganism turned in one day. The problem was not the abundance of darkness. The problem was the absence of light. The problem's never the abundance of darkness. The problem is always the absence of light. Stop blaming the world for all the problems in the world and rise up and understand if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways and get their mind in alignment with their assignment. Moses comes, Jonah shows up, Elijah, Elisha, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Isaiah. Anytime God wanted to shift the culture, he moved on the heart of a prophet so the word of the Lord could activate the potential of God that existed within the world. And when, when the prophetic within God's people, you, you probably are sensing it this morning. It's part of what the Lord is wanting to do. When the prophetic within God's people begins to be awakened, God's kingdom begins to be released in the earth in profound and significant ways. The promises of God are voice activated. Alexa. Yes. I mean, isn't it crazy? Tracy was telling me about we got Alexa, and she said, we got Alexa, and it goes, can I help you? It's like, whoa, 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 I didn't mean to talk to you. Thank you. You know, I mean, it's just so crazy. We're talking to robots now. You can, hey, Siri, your phone will start. No, it's mine. It's responding. <laughs> it's on airplane mode. How does it do that? But if you say the right word at the right time, all of a sudden it replies and responds and something is activated. In the kingdom of God, this is a natural reality of what actually is taking place in a spiritual dynamic. And that is when you begin to declare the word of the living God, something begins to transact in the spirit realm around you. And suddenly the world around you starts to get activated to the potential of God Almighty. So... Here we are, we're going to turn to the book of Joel, chapter 3. Joel, another prophet used by God to awaken the potential and activate the promise that existed within humanity. It's a profound reality. Part of what we promote and encourage as a church family is something very simple called turn the page. It's why we encourage you to bring real old-fashioned Bibles to church. And, and just, it's just a reminder to all of us, we should be men and women of the word. But I encourage you, get an old-fashioned Bible. Start in the book of Genesis, right in the very beginning, and just write the date at the top of the page. And then read that. Don't just read the book. Sit with the author. Turn on music, light a candle, sip your java, whatever you need to do, but experience God, encounter God in your time of devotion. This is not about a religious obligation, some legalistic duty. This is about experiencing God, getting under the sound of the voice of God so the, the potential in you gets activated. This is exactly what this is about. And every day you just turn one page. You're going to read stuff you don't understand, but what I said earlier in worship is a reality. You're not a human being having a spiritual experience. You're a spiritual being having a human experience. So even when your mind doesn't understand, you're nourishing something of your spirit when you're sitting in the presence of God. So every day, just turn the page. Genesis will be, you know, fruitful to your thinking. Exodus, be fruitful. You'll be understanding. And then you start getting into some other stuff in Leviticus and Numbers, and you start thinking to yourself, what in the world am I reading here, all these begats and these numbers and so on? But, but you realize if you just stay the course, 
then it'll be a matter, if you just turn the page every day, then it'll be a matter of maybe two years and you will have read all the way through scripture. We've had people in their 70s tell us they've been in church their whole life and they've never read the Bible until they started turning the page. And the beautiful thing about turning the page is then you've got all these dates and little things you might put in there, your child's first steps, whatever it may be. Then you have this incredible heirloom, this legacy treasure to give to your children's children, children who you'll never meet, but you're faithful and inspire a generation that is yet to be born. As you're journeying through, then I would encourage you to go to destinyokc.com, Jesus and the Bible, because we took about two years as a church family, and on Sunday morning, we went through where Jesus is revealed in each and every book of the Bible. Jesus is remarkably revealed in the book of Genesis. Jesus himself said to the Pharisees, uh, you search the scripture because you think that they have eternal life, but the scriptures speak of me. The New Testament hadn't been given yet, so he's literally saying the Old Testament is richly furnished and dimly lit, and Jesus is revealed in every book of the Bible, and it is amazing. So if you'll go and listen to that 30 to 40 minute message on each of those books as you start in the next book, it will help you understanding some of those Levitical laws and how significant they really are, because Jesus revealed in the book of Leviticus actually was my favorite message of all those 66 books of the Bible. How many of you know God is amazing? He didn't write anything in here on accident. He intentionally purposed every word. And there is depth and layer and eternity to be experienced in the midst of all of it. So you'll hear the context of each book. If you listen to Jesus revealed in the book of Joel, it's fantastic insight and understanding that God's revealing for us to comprehend. But the book of Joel... Here we find the Israelites, and they're in this incredible place of, of bondage, uh, and, and they have settled in. They've actually lost their fight. Sometimes I make a statement, and I just sense the Lord drilling a little bit. I'm speaking to a people. I'm speaking of a people that had lost their fight. They'd lived in bondage so long, they no longer had it in them to fight. You know how elephants are trained? They take these baby elephants and they put these great big chains around their neck. And the elephant is fighting this big chain, a deep stake in the ground. And, and the elephant cannot break the chain, can't get free from the chain. And it fights and fights and fights until it finally has in its mind, I cannot beat this chain around my neck. And then the progression is the big chain is replaced with the smaller chain. And ultimately, over the course of time, the, the big chain actually diminishes all the way down to a very tiny cord that an elephant could snap like that. But because in his mind, he's deemed there is no getting free from this cord around my neck, he never pulls on it again for the rest of his life. This is who we're talking about in the book of Joel. People that had completely lost their fight. They were living under subjection and bondage. And they had no fight at all. And we're going to look in Joel chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. Starting in verse 9. Proclaim this among the nations. Prepare for war. Rouse the warriors. Rouse the warriors. Let all the fighting men draw near and attack. Now, let me make sure we all understand. This is a call to a people that did not think they were warriors and they did not think they were fighters. In fact, they were farmers, not fighters. 
And there's a call to the farmer calling the farmer a fighter. And this is going to have to be something that they're going to have to translate in their brain. But the voice of God begins to activate potential that exists within them if they're willing to respond. And our response always determines God's reach. Our willingness to respond. That's what determines how deep God will reach. Proclaim this among the nations. Prepare for war. Rouse the warriors. Let all the fighting men draw near and attack. Beat your plowshares into swords. What did they have in their hand? Did they have plowshares or did they have swords? It's a debatable conversation because it all de depends on how they looked at what was in their hand. They were looking at what was in their hand as if it was just a plowshare, but God is saying your plowshare is now going to become a sword. He goes on and he says, take your pruning hooks and turn them into spears. God didn't give, again, God uses broken people. We want God to change everything about our situation. I need new tools. I need new skills. And God has said, what you have within you is enough. And what is within your reach is what I've designed for you to possess. You just have to have new strategies for existing tools and existing skills that exist within you. Stop disqualifying yourself because you don't have something different. You don't need something different. You need to respond to the voice of God that activates your potential. Yeah. I love this. Beat your plowshares into swords, your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. But if you're saying I am strong, then you're admitting that you're weak. That's the whole point. Once you recognize what you're not, then you know what you need, and the prophetic gifting of God actually causes you to live in the presence of the future, and that is beyond my wildest imagination, but I'm saying today, let the weak say, let them say, what? Get, get the sound of the voice of the Lord coming out of your own life. Let the weak say, will you say it with me? I am strong. Let the weak say I am strong. What is he saying? Activate and awaken something of the prophetic nature of God that really releases that which God has promised to exist within your life. And then we see this verse, it goes on verses 17 and 18. Then you will know that I, the Lord your God, dwell in Zion. My holy hill, Jerusalem, will be holy. Never again will foreigners invade her. In that day, the mountains will drip new wine and the hills will flow with milk. All the ravines of Judah will run with water. Listen to this. A fountain will flow out of the Lord's house. <laughs> A fountain will flow out of the Lord's house. There'll be just this river of the heart of God impacting the world around us. This is where farmers become fighters because the prophetic declaration of God has awakened new strategies for existing tools. I, I want God to change things. How many of you would agree? How many of you wish you would have won the billion-dollar lottery? Can I just see? That'd be great if God just changed things, wouldn't it? Bunch of sinners. 
I mean, if he just changed things, it just my life would be so much better. God's not trying to change things around you. God's trying to change you because you actually have the capacity to change things around you once you get in alignment with what God is doing within you. So what kind of language do you speak? This is going to be a very challenging disposition and perspective. But what kind of language do you speak? How many of you are weak and you say, I'm weak? How many of you look at your bank account and say, I'm broke? How many of you look at the gas station and say, I'm buying a bicycle? <laughs> what kind of language do you speak? Because the language of your mouth comes from the culture of your life. How many of you know that if somebody grew up in the culture of Japan, they would speak Japanese? Because the language of your mouth comes from the culture of your life. I mean, if somebody grew up in the culture of Louisiana, nobody would know what they say. <laughs> Just a whole different culture there. <clears throat> but wherever your, your, your dialect, your, your accent, you know, people from the north don't speak the, the vowels very much. People from the South just use a whole lot of extra vowels. I mean, it's just wherever you grew up, the culture of your life determines the language of your mouth. So recognize this because the environment of your life is really important to what you have to say. So what is the environment of your life? Are you in the Word of God? Are you around deep community with other believers? Are you declaring and rehearsing the reality of the presence of God as your way of life? Because the environment of your life is determining the language of your mouth. If you speak negative and you don't know how to speak positive, then it's the language that you've learned from the environment of your life. You've allowed that Big change to convince you that now the small cord is going to hold you. But today, I believe the cord is snapping. Today, I believe the chains are breaking. Today, I believe there's something within us that's maneuvering. When we think fear, we live in fear. When we think peace, we live in peace. When we think depression, we live in depression. When we think joy, we live in joy. And that which exists within you has the capacity to transform the world around you. Can you think of somebody who thinks joy and lives in joy? Does somebody's face come to mind immediately? That person is impacting the atmosphere everywhere they go. They come into a room and you're glad they came to the party because the party just got better, right? We have the capacity to actually transform the world around us depending on what we're thinking about and meditating on within our heart. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against God. When the meditation of our heart begins to be right, the atmosphere of our life and the language of our mouth, come on. This is how we begin to move into a place of great advancement where we see the kingdom of God being released. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. You can grow in the environment of God's word and learn how to speak the language of faith. This is the prophetic nature of God awakened within the sons and daughters of God. So we've been in this season of focusing on algorithms. We're all in the process of becoming. Do you get it? Like everything I'm talking about is exactly that. John chapter 1 verse 12. But as many as received him, if the worship team, go ahead and make your way back up. But as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons and daughters of God. We've been given the power to become 
sons and daughters of God. You have the power to become the sons and daughters of God. It exists within you. And I'm calling to that today, even to them that believe on his name. Continuation of that verse. We're all in the process of becoming, and what we process determines who we become. So this week, I want to ask you to do something. Um, Your action point for the week. Just consistently practice rehearsing God's word every day of the week. And I know this is kind of a wild statement, but ask God for advice. How should you do it? I mean, I, do, I, I, I hope you understand prayer so many times is our last resort. But we can learn to have prayer become our first response rather than it be our last resort. Because we just walk in an ongoing interaction and conversation with the Lord. I, I, I mean, I, I openly admit, you know, I've done some really dumb things and very naive things in my journey of knowing the Lord. I came to know the Lord out of, you know, drug background and all the nonsense I was involved in as a young adult. I, I just didn't, I didn't understand a lot of things about the faith. And so a lot of times I did stuff, you know, zeal. I'm the guy that jumped out of the boat and sank in the water and Jesus had to pull me out while everybody else was in the boat in church and they're just like, <laughs> and we call him a pastor. And, and I, I, there was one time I literally took index cards and I wrote verses of scripture on index cards and I put them in my shoes. Because when I would first start my day, what I realized was my shoes, my socks were, you know, would slip on those cards. And as I walked through the whole morning, I would think about those verses because I wanted like Peter, who didn't walk on water, by the way, he walked on the word. It's impossible to walk on water, but he walked on the word. Jesus said, come, and he came. And then, you know, when he got his focus off of the word and he looked at the water, then he began to sink. And so I wanted to walk on the word. I just began to focus in on this. And so I I feel my feet slipping and I would just focus in on that. And then uh, kind of the the ugly side of that is your feet don't slip on it once your feet sweat a little bit. And so I would peel the index cards out of my shoes at the end of the day. But I would do that, you know, and just rehearsing the word. Uh, All I'm saying is it really doesn't matter how you do it. I want to encourage you this week, do whatever it takes to get your ongoing, perpetual, tenacious focus on the word of the living God because it's his voice that will activate your potential and capacity. It exists within you. You know, Jesus gave this interesting analogy and we read about, he talks about three different things he he compares believers to. There's the farmer. Uh, there is the uh, soldier, and then there's the, uh, the runner who runs a race in competition. And all three of those have this one thing in common, and that is you, they tenaciously disciple themselves to go for what they're after. And we are a people who passionately pursue the Lord our God. I just kind of talked this out with you. <clears throat> We've got a little bit of time here, but um, I'm, I'm increasingly coming to this point where we've, you know, had a sense of the Lord's doing something, and then it's easy just to say, you know, let's make some decisions, let's worship the Lord, and then we'll be dismissed from here. But I just feel like we probably just need to take a moment. When I say seek the Lord's advice, will you seek God's advice? 
I want to just give you a moment just to listen. Like prayer isn't just talking to God, it's interacting with Him. He actually physically, physiologically designed you to have two ears and one mouth, and that probably is an indication of how you should pray. Listen twice as much as you talk. So just open your heart. Maybe close your eyes. I'm just going to give you a moment where we're just going to let Pat just play. We won't sing and go into other things yet, but just with a little bit of music in the background, just ask the Lord for advice, what he might have in mind on how you can begin to focus in rehearsing his word effectively this week. just right where you are just with your eyes closed your hearts open wide in this posture of listening if you're here today and you say I know I am not right with God I'm not where I need to be in my relationship with Christ maybe that means you've never received Christ maybe it means you've just strayed away whatever that means if that's you I want to pray for you just slip up your hand Anybody online just signify in the conversation field. I I really want to ask just another really big question, and it's simply this. It's one thing to be right with God. It's another thing to be right with his bride. And we, the church, are the family of God. We're the bride of Christ. And if you just in honesty to the Lord would say, I just know I'm not where I need to be in my relationship to the church. Just slip up your hand. I want to pray for you. It's a big determination. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We're called to be the family of God together. Come on, let's let's all pray this prayer together. Would you just join me? Let's say this out loud. Say, Lord Jesus, you came, you lived, you died, but you are alive. You're the Savior of the world. I need you to rescue me 
from myself and my sin. I accept you are my Savior. Be Lord of my life in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Come on, let's give him a standing ovation, shall we? He is worthy of our praise. He is our risen King. He is alive today. And it is his life within us that awakens eternal potential that he deposited within us from the foundation of the world. Take us deeper, Lord God, we pray. Lord, we want to walk with you on the journey. And I would encourage you, uh, if you've made a decision for the Lord, just to take a step in your faith forward, whatever that looks like. If it's with the church, the last Sunday of August, we're going to do something called Discover Destiny right after the service. Uh, we're going to take about 20, 30 minutes just to have a conversation to explain a six-week process to help you understand how God made you, why God made you, how we all function if we come together as family, as the church. And so if you're ready to take a step forward, we want to help you with that. If it's salvation, we want to walk forward with you in that. There's these connect cards in the seat back in front of you. Or you can text destiny to the number that will come on the screen if you want to fill this out digitally. Let us just connect with you in that regard. I want to invite our prayer team to make their way um, to the back. We're going to take just a few moments in worship to conclude. And the reason it's a part of our... Um, congregational assignment God's stirring things in our hearts and so we want to respond to him with that we want to bring something back in a place of worship so we'll just take four or five minutes here where if there's anything we can pray with you about the prayer team is available there's communion in the middle of the of the room right here in the back the giving stations are back there any expression of worship you want to bring to the Lord this is a great time to do that just as we press in for a few moments in worship so Lord we just thank you for your goodness, for your faithfulness, for your love. I thank you that we really do hear the voice of God. Your word says in John 10, 27, my sheep know me, they hear my voice, they follow me. And it's under the sound of your voice that potential that exists within us gets activated, causing us to become who you designed and who you desire for us to be in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's take a few moments together as a family. Let's just press in and worship before we're dismissed.